Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we get started, I do want to let you know today's show is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners, and I especially want to thank Robin for supporting the program. We'll send access to the premium site, as we do with all donations of $7 or more, and you can support the show at support.greatdetectives.net, or if you would like to mail in a donation, just email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net, and I'll be happy to share the address. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Elliot Lewis held down the casebook of Gregory Hood through the 1948-49 uh, season, uh, returning, going off to do uh, Voyage of the Scarlet Queen in the middle of this. Uh, the last episode that uh, the Digital Deli FTP, uh, digitaldeliftp.com, has uh, was uh, from March 29th of 1949. Then we have uh, the, sh- the show moving to ABC, and not a whole lot is known about it, and the log for the ABC run is kind of sketchy, while Digital Deli FTP has a first recorded ABC episode of January 4th, 1950. Uh, today's program is from that ABC era, and it's from October 15th of 1949. And that kind of makes sense that a show would start in the fall, even if the earliest uh, episode date that could be found was from uh, January uh, in the uh, Daily Mail uh, listings. First star of the casebook of Gregory Hood, and certainly not the last, was Jackson Beck, uh, who was really known for his announcing uh, prowess, uh, particularly on The Adventures of Superman, but certainly on some other series as well. He had also played Philo Vance in the Ziv uh, syndicated version of those uh, stories. So uh, I guess playing a radio detective was somewhat of a natural. And this is actually the only uh, example um, of uh, ABC's version of the casebook of Gregory Hood I've been able to find. And I just found that this year... Uh, so you may not have heard it before, but let's go ahead and take a listen from October 15th of 1949, Carnival of Death. The Casebook of Gregory Hood, presented by the American Broadcasting Company. His office is high in the tower of a skyscraper overlooking San Francisco Bay. His name is Gregory Hood. By day, president of the Hood Importing Company. By night, criminologist and man about town. Tonight's story from out of his casebook, The Carnival of Death. (laughs) 
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gregory Hood. Let's understand this from the start. I'm not a playboy. But when a hot blonde who's due to inherit a cool million suddenly writes me, Be sociable, Greg. Drop around for a drink. <laughs> it's three to one. I'll drop around. That's how I got involved with Leora Thorne. I was in my office with Sanderson Taylor, my attorney, nose to the grindstone, sticking to business, when along came Leora's invitation. Uh, excuse me, Sandy, but this letter's been lying on my desk all day. <laughs> ah, perfume. Mm -hmm. Dear Greg, just because an old flame has got herself happily married, that's no reason to cross her off your books. How's about dropping around for a drink tomorrow afternoon? I want you to meet Bradley, my new husband. You'll like him. From uh, <laughs> quite a lady, Greg, judging by your smile. Remember Leora Littleton? She's now Leora Thorne. Oh, the one who's coming into old Colonel Littleton's money? One million dollars next year. She wants me to drop over this afternoon. What for? Just for Auld Lang Syne, I guess. Probably giving a big cocktail party. Has she still got that big estate on Shore Drive? Mm-hmm. Swimming pool and all the trimmings. Oh, uh, take my advice and you'll stay put. I'm sort of curious to see Leora again. It's been a whole year. Now, Greg, don't get involved. Oh, nonsense. The gal's happily married. She says so. <laughs> Haven't you ever noticed, Greg, that your ex-girlfriends never invite you to their homes unless there's trouble brewing? <laughs> mm. Oh, Sanderson, you're a cynic. <laughs> I'll be back later to finish those contracts with you. Greg, I'm warning you! My attorney, Sanderson Taylor, is heap-smart engine. I should have avoided that perfumed billy-doo like rat poison. Because when I got to Leora's, there wasn't any party. There wasn't so much as a friendly Greg. How have you been instead? Greg, you're just in time. Hey, what gives? This is Brad, my husband. I'm glad to know you, Mr. Hood. I've been meaning to drop around ever since I read about you two getting married. Never but... mind the chit-chat. Go to that small room over there. And listen. Listen to everything that's said. Wait a minute. All I came for was a nice sociable visit. Greg, I need you. I'm desperate. That's right, Mr. Hood. We're both desperate. Before I could say, I'm booked for this waltz, thank you, and walk out, they'd pushed me into a small powder room. I watched them go into the library right alongside. I watched the butler usher in a little runt who wore a face like a dachshund plus a twitch. An unsavory type. I listened to Docko Face talking to Leora and Brad. My boss says to tell you an old Chinese proverb. Confucius say, a Welsher gets it in the neck. I'm not Welshing. Three grand worth. I don't owe him a penny. What about the IOU? The game was crooked. I only signed it to get out of the place. Better pay it, girlie, to stay out of a coffin. Say, look, whoever you are, have a heart. That crap game was rigged. My wife was cheated into losing all that money. Please, I need time. Tell your boss to give me time. A week from today, my boss says. What? What about a week from today? That's how long you get. Or else. Girlie, that chassis of yours won't look so pretty with a bullet in the upholstery. <laughs> oh, Brad, Brad, what am I going to do? Oh, precious lamb, you've simply got to pay off. I can't, I can't. Oh, we'll sell your jewelry, rent this house, anything. Just so your life isn't in danger. Oh, please, please, precious. Now, look, you two. You've roped me into this, so you'd better give me the lowdown. Greg, you heard that little man. Mm-hmm. 
Where have you been gambling, Leora? Out at Pacific Playland. Pacific Playland? That's an amusement park. I begged Leora to stay away. You didn't drop 3,000 on ping pong and darts, did you? There's a floating crap game out there. People never tell me these things. Who runs it? I don't know his name. They just call in the boss. A rigged dice game at a honky-tonk carnival. Leora, have you lost your senses? I... I can't explain it, Greg. Every now and then I get this itch to gamble. It just grabs hold of me and... Well, this time I got in too deep. I tried to stop her, Mr. Hood. Hmm. Well, my advice is square up. I didn't like the looks of Jojo, the dog-faced messenger boy. I can't pay, Greg. What? I haven't the money. Leora Littleton, NG on the credit? I don't come into the bulk of Grandfather's estate for another year. You know that. Right now I'm in debt all over town. Darling, we'll sell things off. It's the only way. You're right, Thorne. Take that wristwatch you're wearing, for instance. What about it? I handle lots of fine Swiss watches at the Hood Importing Company, but nothing that unusual. I've never seen a heart-shaped design like that. I had it made like a heart because I gave it to Brad. As a wedding present. Well, that watch alone at some high-class hawk shop. Oh, no, I can't let Brad part with oh, it. Oh, but precious lamb, for your own safety and for my peace of mind. Your husband's very sensible. Don't risk your life, Leora. Well, then help me, Greg. Find out who's after me. Well, I'll think it over. Oh, you were the one person, Greg, I knew I could turn to. If you help us, Mr. Hood, you'll never find two people more grateful. Well, I have to go now, but you'll be hearing from me, Leora. I'll show you to the door, Mr. Hood. This way. I'm so worried about her, Mr. Hood. Naturally. Oh, sometimes I wish Leora didn't have, well, all this. She's a swell kid. Just needs taking care of. I'm doing my best. You know, I think you are. I think you have a pretty level head in your shoulders. Thanks. Well, I'm so crazy about her. A lot of folks probably think I just married her for the money. Well, anybody can see that isn't the case. Well, chin up. Don't let Leora get too upset. Well, I'll try not. Good meeting you, Thorne. It was grand meeting you. Please, help us out of this mess. Well, Greg, uh, how was Leora's cocktail party? What cocktail party? Ah, oh. I thought so. She only got you out there to rope you into something. Put your hat on, Mr. Taylor. We're going places. What, what, what about these business contracts? They'll keep. We're going to Pacific Playland. The amusement park? What goes on out there, it seems, isn't so amusing. What did you find out, Greg? I've been pumping some of the concession owners. Do they know anything about a floating gambling game? They do. They're keeping mum. What about the man they call the boss? Couldn't learn a thing. Oh? Uh, what about the little man who threatened Leora? Dockleface? Yes, he works out here. They recognized my description of him. Who is he? Name's Benny Baker, known as Hot Licks Baker. <laughs> Hot Licks? Used to be a trap drummer until he found an easier pitch. Well, he sounds like a charming character. They tell me he works at one of the concessions, some daredevil trapeze act, the incomparable Florette, whatever that yes, is. Yes, it's over there. You see that neon sign? Well... Hanging over that big tent. Well, come on, let's go visiting. Ten cents, ladies and gents, only a tenth of a dollar. See Florette, Florette the incomparable. Watch her death-defying leap through the air. 
trapeze act of the century. At 200 feet, with perfect precision, the little lady will defy gravity. Buy two tickets, Sandy. Uh, Greg, hurry, uh, hurry, hurry. Uh, that Barker. What about him? I have a feeling he's looking at us. No law against giving his customers the once over. No, it's just that, well, he kind of nodded when he spotted you. As if, look out, Greg, that neon sign is coming loose. Greg, get out of the way. Are you all right, Greg? Me? Sure, Sandy. Oh, you. Lucky thing you pushed me. Oh, I... I had heart failure. You were standing right under it. You had heart failure. Yeah. Brother, I could feel the breeze as that sign went past me. Everybody okay out there? No, boy, I... No accidents will happen. We'll have the debris cleaned up in a jiffy. In the meantime, just step up, ladies and gents. See, Florette. Florette, be uncomfortable. Florette, the wonder girl. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Uh, Greg, that was not an accident. Sure it was, Sandy. The sign just tore loose. When you were directly under it, I think somebody wanted to kill you. Oh, nonsense. He's right, Mr. Hood. Huh? I said your friend is right. Two hundred percent. She was dressed in a kind of spangled costume. A carnival performer. She'd inched her way to us through the crowd. She pulled Sandy and me over onto one side and talked in quick whispers, as if there wasn't much time. He knows you're after him. Who does? The boss, the man I work for. Who is he? What's he look like? Where does he hang out? What's it worth to you, Mr. Hood? To find out who's threatening the Ord Thorn. Suppose you tell us first who you are. What's a diff who I am? Make with the cash offer and you'll get what you really want to know. Fifty. Oh, chicken feed, Mr. Hood. A hundred. Come again. Double or nothing. Step in, folks. Big show's about to commence. You will see Florette being comfortable. Oh, that's my cue. i got to go in the tent. You're Florette. You yeah, yeah, for a crummy 65 a week. All right, you win, Florette. $200. Let's have it. Where can I find this man they call the boss? Well, he's always at the same place. You'll find... Oh, look, I, I ain't got time to talk now. Why not? Wait. Come back here. After my act. Meet me back at the tent in my dressing room. We bought our tickets, Sandy and I, and followed the crowd into the big tent. Pretty soon, the girl appeared and climbed a rope ladder, a hundred feet up at least. Four times a day she did this stunt. She must have had nerves of iron. Get it, Greg? Get what? Well, uh, a trapeze artist, a honky-tonk character. What possible connection can she have with a girl like Leora Thorne? That is what we're going to pay her $200 to find out. Are you ready, Miss Florette? Already! Ah! Greg! 
she missed! They're taking her to the dressing room. She'll never live after that fall. Wait, let's get out of here, Sandy. Keep your seat, ladies and gentlemen, please. Keep your seats. It was an accident, an accident. Please keep your seats. Excuse us, please. We have to get through. Keep going, Greg. I'm right behind you. This time, I'll bet my most sincere necktie on it, Sandy. That was deliberate. What? Did you notice the fellow who was beating the temple for her? Oh, the little fellow with the drum? Uh-huh. Uh, yes, what about him? He took a powder as soon as she missed that second trapeze. Well? He was Benny Baker. The man who went to see the Orathorn? That's right. And this was murder, pal. Deliberate murder. <laughs> dressing room. The incomparable Florette was dying a death I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. We pushed our way through before anybody could stop us. An ambulance intern was already there, shaking his head. A policeman was there, too, making duck tracks in his notebook. I could see what was in the wind when I heard the copper say, Open and shut case, looks like. Just an accident. We may as well get out of here, Greg. Not yet, Sandy. But it's too late. The girl won't be able to talk to us. Maybe she will. Look at her eyes. Her eyes? She's staring at us. I think she wants us to come closer. <laughs> Can you speak, Florette? Try. Try hard. <laughs> who is he? This boss person. The man who made them do this to you. Oh, Greg, it's no use. Wait, wait. She's moving her lips. The, the death. The death ride. What's she saying? Something about death. Something about a death ride. Shh. Listen. Last boat. Last boat. On the death ride. Come on, Greg. She's dead. didn't get very far, did we? Not yet, but you may quote me as saying I'm hopeful. Oh, Greg, for Pete's sake. What? Call the Orathorn. Tell her you're washing your hands of this. Not a chance. But we have, we have work to do back at the office. But this is ridiculous, traipsing around an amusement park. I'm going to find out who the gentleman known as the boss is. He's responsible for Florette's murder. What makes you so sure that Florette was murdered? You'll see. Right now, I'm wondering what she meant by that death ride, death ride stuff. She may have been referring to Leora. It could be. But on the other hand, hey. What, Greg? Down there on the midway in colored lights a mile high. The death ride. 25 cents. An amusement concession. Well, things are adding up. Come on. We ran down the midway, past the bingo joints and frozen custard stands. For only two bits, the death ride looked entertaining enough. It was a long tunnel filled with water. Flat-bottomed boats chained together took you on a dark and dismal voyage. But we didn't go on it. Not yet we didn't. Because just as we got there... What's the matter? Did you see what I saw? Where? Over there, the ticket booth. He was buying a ticket on the death ride, then he spotted us and ducked. Who? Benny Baker. There he goes up that alley. Quick, Sandy, we can corner him. Hit him off, Greg! I'm trying to. Oh, 
All right, slow up, Baker. End of the line. Okay, okay, okay. You're out of training, Hotlicks. It's the life you lead. Who do you want? Hold him, Sandy. Let me alone. Quite a trick, Hotlicks. Who put you up to it? Up to what? Lorette's belly flop. That was an accident. Slight correction, a murder. You're wacky. Listen, Benny, I know how trapeze artists work. They practice a certain beat till every muscle is adjusted to it. And when that beat is changed, even by a split second... So that's how he did it. That's how he did it, by changing the drum beat. A couple of Weissenheimers, huh? Well, try and pin something on me. We both heard that drum. So did a hundred other people in that audience. You're cooked, Benny, unless you talk. Who put you up to it? Sup- suppose I sing. What then? The deal? Yeah. I don't do business with rats, Benny. Here's what I do. Hey, get it out! I'm sick, I tell you, I'm sick! Who's the man that hires you? Start singing! All right, all right, only stop. I figure he's a middle-aged guy, maybe. Kind of fat, maybe, judging by his voice. I I never actually seen him. But he paid you to threaten Mr. and Mrs. Thorne and to take care of Florette. Yeah, yeah. Only I never actually seen him. Well, where is his gambling place located? He ain't a gambler. He ain't the guy Leora lost the money to. No? He's only using that, see? To pull some other racket on Mr. and Mrs. Thorne. Some other racket? What kind? Don't ask me. I just follow orders. Well, how, if you've never seen the man? The boss gives me orders on the phone. How does he pay you off? Well, he meets me now and then. But always in the darkness. In the Darkness. Oh, Greg, he's lying to us. I ain't. I ain't. I swear I ain't. Look, over there, where I'm pointing. That's where he meets me. On the death ride? Yeah. The last boat. You believe him, Greg? Hmm. Could be. Remember the girl's dying words to us? Yeah. I think he's telling the truth. What? Uh, what, what are you going to do to me, mister? Until the police take over, I'm leaving you in the capable hands of Mr. Taylor here. Uh, uh, Greg, uh, where are you off to? A sudden yen has come over me, Sanderson. I haven't tried one of those amusement rides since I was a small boy. You're, you're going on the death ride? If anybody wants me, I'll be in the last boat, keeping a date in the darkness of the tunnel. I strayed over to the ticket booth and put down my quarter. It was past midnight now, and I was the only customer... I waited by the entrance gates. The string of tiny boats emerged from the tunnel, slowed up, and disgorged a load of giggling bobby soxers. Then it was my turn. I asked the old geezer who was in charge, Mind if I ride in the last one? Ride anywhere as you please, mister. The death ride got underway, with yours truly as the only passenger. Suddenly, I felt lonely, as if I didn't have a friend in the world. The boats headed into the long, black tunnel. I couldn't see my hand two inches in front of my face. In the inky blackness, I lost all sense of direction. I felt stifled, beads of perspiration collected on my forehead. But, so far, no fellow passenger... You know that feeling you get in a dark room? That a stranger is right alongside you? Well, suddenly I knew. I could sense him sitting behind me in that last boat. I waited for him to speak. But all I could hear was the water in that tunnel and his watch. The ticking of his watch. I remember how it echoed. Finally, when he talked, his voice was muffled. When I answered, I tried to sound like Mr. Benny Hotlick's dockle-faced baker. That you, Benny? 
Yeah. Take care of Florette. Yeah. Good boy. Got another job for you, Benny. Okay. Up near Tahoe. Gonna be an accident up there. Tomorrow morning. What kind of accident? Fallen rocks. Automobiles gonna get out of control. Will someone get killed? A girl. Suddenly, a shaft of light. There must have been a torn place in the canvas that lined the tunnel. Suddenly, he must have seen that I wasn't Benny because... Okay, one bolt. I couldn't turn around. His hands were on my throat. I still couldn't see who he was, and the hands kept gripping tighter. Tighter! And then Roman candles started shooting off in my brain. Bonfires danced before my eyes, and then I blacked out. So long, Hood. Here's where you get off. Only two feet of water, but enough to drown in. Greg. Um, Take it easy, uh, old man. Oh, my throat. Just lie on that bench for a while. Where'd you find me, Sandy? On the death ride. Floating face down. You deserve a Carnegie Medal for life-saving. How come such perfect timing? Well, uh, he got away. Baker? I was running after him. <clears throat> Just as we passed the death ride, I saw a passenger climbing out of the last boat. It wasn't you, and I got worried. That passenger... What did he look like? I didn't wait to see. I grabbed a flashlight from the old man and went sloshing into the tunnel to find you. I never saw that other passenger either. Too dark. That was the boss. Yes. Any idea of his identity? None. His hands suddenly... Sandy. Yes? I just remembered that fellow's hands, his left wrist. What? Never mind, it'll keep. We'd better get after Benny Baker. I've learned he's a professional killer with another job on tap for tomorrow morning. Oh, and I let him get away. Come on, we've got to stop him. What are you stopping for, Greg? We won't have to look any further for Mr. Benny Hotlicks Baker. Where? I don't see him. Look. Now do you see him? Where you're pointing? Yes. That concession over there. Hilbert's Waxworks Museum. Those figures on display outside. Look at those wax figures. Oh. Oh. Greg... How fantastic. Fantastic was the word, all right. Three of them standing upright and motionless. Napoleon, Mary Queen of Scots holding her head in her hands, and Jack the Ripper, all built of wax. Alongside, slumped over and equally motionless, was Benny Baker. They made a lovely foursome. Oh, I... That green spotlight on them, you'd, you'd almost swear that Benny was a wax figure, too. Yeah, except for the bullet hole and the blood. Sandy, let's get back to the car. Ah, Greg, where are you driving to? You'll see. This isn't the direction to my house. I'm not taking you home, pal. Oh, now, see here, Greg. Enough is enough. I've got a home and a comfy rest mattress waiting for me. 
Yes, and a wife who's probably ready to divorce me for staying out all night. Here we are. Leora Thorne's house. I know it's late, Leora, but I've got to see you. This is Sandy Taylor, my attorney. How do you do? How do you do? Come into the library, Leora. I want to talk to you. I'll wait out here in the hall. Yes, Greg? Are you, by any chance, planning an auto trip? Well, how did you know? A little birdie told me. In the morning, Brad and I are driving out of town for the weekend. Up to Lake Towel? Who told you? You're not going, Leora. But, Greg, Brad and I were the counting... The trip is a... off for a very simple reason. If you value your life. If I... Greg, what are you talking about? Why, hello, Mr. Hood. Oh, glad, darling. You better come in and listen to this. Well, I woke up as I heard you going downstairs, precious. Greg insists that we call off our trip to Tahoe. Oh? Well, why's that, Mr. Hood? Falling rocks. What? There's to be an accident on that mountain road to Leora's lodge. Leora is scheduled to be a corpse. Greg! What? You mean they... Actually kill her because of that gambling debt? That petty crap game operator hasn't been threatening Leora at all. Well, then who... Somebody who figures this is a perfect time to put you in a nice marble mausoleum. While he can use that gambling debt as a cover-up. But who? I haven't any enemies. You're absolutely sure of this, Mr. Hood. I've met the gentleman in question. You've seen him? I didn't say I'd seen him. We met in the darkness. He tried to kill me. What? Oh, he's a bad boy. He had two Confederates working with him. When they talked too much, he put them both out of the way. It, it all sounds so, so fantastic. I... Mrs. Laura's right, Mr. Hutter, like a bad movie. You don't care for melodramatic doings, eh, Thorne? Oh, I guess I'm just not used to them. You like things to be calm and serene, eh? Well, yes, I guess you'd call me the matter-of-fact type. Mm -hmm. Uh, tell me something, Thorne. Yes? Don't you ever get tired? What's tired of what? Of playing cat and mouse, you filthy Greg, swing. you're out of your mind. He knows you love him now, Leora. He knows he's mentioned in your will. He also knows how changeable you are, and he'd rather be a rich widower than a poor ex-husband. Get out! I'm not listening, Brad. I'm just not listening. You used to work in carnivals in the old days, didn't you, Thorne? With Florette and Benny, you knew they could be hired for a price. Greg, don't let him say these things. That's right, Thorne. Don't let me say them. Okay, Hook. This is how you want it. Stand up. Grab that gun. You too, precious lamb. What? You once told me you'd die for me. Here's your big chance. Oh, no. You see, he's right. You are too changeable, precious. You'll be getting tired of me one of these fine days, and we mustn't have that. What, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Finish up what I started. Okay, Sandy, you can come in now. Watch out, Sandy! Ah! I'm okay. He shot with wire. Drop that gun, Thorne. Drop it. You dirty... Drop it. Drop it. Ah. Grab him, Sandy. I've got him. All right, Thorne. Ah. You come in quietly to the police and we play more patty cake. I'll come. Quietly. I knew it was you ever since that excursion on the death ride. You knew? How? Say goodbye to your wife. Goodbye, precious lamb. Now take off the wristwatch and give it to her. I don't want it. But your love gift to him is what put me onto him. What? Uh, in the darkness, Thorne, it was like an engraved calling card. Uh, a wristwatch? Heart-shaped. Extremely unusual. And you forgot all about the luminous dial. You have heard The Carnival of Death 
An adventure from the casebook of Gregory Hood, written this week by Jerome D. Ross, directed by Martin Andrews and produced by Frank Cooper Associates. Listen again next week at the same time over this ABC station for the story of the Mutton Jade Buddha, another adventure from the casebook of Gregory Hood. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Welcome back. I was impressed by the uh, sound quality of the uh, program. Uh, I wish there had been a better episode. The music almost seemed overpowering at times. I didn't like this version of Sanderson Taylor, and the plot wasn't all that great. Plus, Greg seemed to get a little too tough. But I did like Jackson Beck's overall uh, portrayal. It was very strong, I, I think. Um, much stronger than the, uh, than he, he was on Philo Vance. I never quite cared for that show because he, he just seemed a bit off and was really hard to enjoy him on uh, Philo Vance. But he, I thought he brought a lot of passion and interest to the way he did uh, Gregory Hood. And so this may have been an off episode, but it was ABC and ABC's production values at this point were not, uh, did not have the great, that great of reputation. What little I've been able to garner about the rest of the series run, um, is w- what I get from the Digital Delay FDP's, uh, log on this. And by March 15th of 1950, Martin Gable had taken over as Gregory Hood. And Paul McGrath would also take a run at the role. And the series would go off the air sometime prior to October of 1951, when it would be brought back for two weeks with George Petrie, uh, who we've heard as uh, the amazing Mr. Malone, and we also heard in Call the Police, uh, taking over the role of Gregory Hood. Which, as Digital Delay FDP notes, Slightly ironic, given who actually sponsored the show. While I always hope for lost episodes of shows to come forward, I'll be honest that I would much rather we find somebody find more Gail Gordon and Elliot Lewis episodes rather than more uh, of the ABC episodes. But whatever they find, I'll take it. Well, we're going to bring you another ABC show next week, but this one is one that's has a lot of fans, and uh, is the epitome of tough guy radio, Pat Novak for Hire. So be sure and listen, coming next Tuesday, Pat Novak for Hire. And be sure and listen tomorrow for Murder My Sweet. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.